I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. That's right. Mother's back. Hello. Welcome to Come Along Pond, a Doctor Who discussion podcast with your two best friends. Elliot. And Damla. How you doing, babe? Very, very, very good because you've once again have gone with my stupid catchphrases. Yeah. Yes. You've allowed me (laughs) to indulge my stupid whims. And we're here. We're here. It's so, so very queer as always. Um... But no, you're good. Yeah, you're I am good. good. Uh, I am a little unwell. Uh, so obviously professionalism. I'm going to try and keep it, you know, low key and off mic. But I'm going to apologise now in case anything works its way in because I don't want to make a difficult edit for you, and I don't want people at home to complain if they can occasionally hear me sniff. But I'm going to try and keep it to a minimum. But just you know, be aware. Be aware. But how are you? I'm good, you know. I'm all right. I'm having. I'm have. It's a Sunday when we're recording today. Um, not that we like to date these things sometimes, but apparently we do because we always like to mention when we're recording. Well, you you say it's a Sunday. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, don't know which Sunday. You, you don't know which Sunday, do you? You don't. Uh, but it's cozy nonetheless. It's cozy as hell, and uh, I love this. I'm so excited to talk about Sarah Jane Adventures. <gasps> Democracy one. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So we did a little poll on Instagram. Again, if you're not following the Instagram, what what are you doing? <laughs> what are, what you, are doing? you doing? Come on. Um, so we asked if you guys wanted to see Series 2 of Torchwood or Sarah Jane Adventure Series 1. And by quite a large majority, people have said Sarah Jane Adventures. Um, we will be talking about Torchwood Series 2 at some point. Don't you bloody worry. It's probably going to come after Series 3 because that's when Martha finishes in Doctor Who and then goes on to Torchwood, so it kind of makes yeah. sense. Yeah, we are, we're probably just going to alternate, aren't we? Unless there's something massive to talk about between after Series 3, but doubt. But as is customary before we talk about the first series of the Sarah Jane Adventures, we taking a little trip to Email Corner. Come. Come over here. C- come on. Come along. Come on, come on over, come over here. What? What's going on over here? What? Oh, we're going to Email Corner. <laughs> <laughs> these are uh three lovely short sharp emails but two of them have questions so we are excited to get diving into those three, three emails. emails the only reason we include three every episode is so we can do a pun um yeah <laughs> this is a wonderful email from Corey. Corey says hi Corey. Corey says hi down there and elliot Corey in Just- the house <laughs> God, I've thought about that for years. Uh, <laughs> I, I know. I've not thought about Corey that for years. Um, <laughs> it's great. Corey says, Hi, Dan and Elliot. Just a quick note to say I've been following the pod for a while now and absolutely love it. You've inadvertently become my gym buddies. Oh. That's something I never thought I'd become. Um, I don't have to stop myself from laughing out loud mid workout. Uh, it's exciting to listen to a podcast where I physically feel myself nodding along to your chats and wanting to join in the discussion, so thank you. Um, I mean, do, feel free, but also, you know, people might think you're a bit strange, but, you know. <laughs> so, question from Corey. Corey says, I'm curious to know what each of your favourite series trailers are for me, for you. Uh, I love the Series 4 coming soon trailer that aired after Voyage of the Damned. It gives me such a wave of nostalgia and the clips and Murray's future kind score can't be topped. Uh, keep being you, Motta bene. Corey. Uh, Corey also, P.S. Bonus for you both. Enjoy this picture of Corey dressed as David Tennant for a children's carnival nearly two decades ago. That was a very cute photo we enjoyed. Very cute. Like, like it's so wholesome. So unbelievably wholesome. I love when you lot send photos in. And I've seen worse cosplay on grown adults. Um. <laughs> uh, but no, honestly, so cute. Love that. Love and do you know what? I still find it funny when people get our references. Like when people in the emails say for me, for you, it makes me laugh. I love it. People quoting catchphrases at us. It's well, it's it was the last plan all along. If you invent enough catchphrases, eventually they'll stick. <laughs> exactly. But just us every week going for me, for you. Our new one is no, it means oh. no. <laughs> what is the meaning of this negative? It means yes. So, what is what's your favourite series trailer? I have oh, see that series four one's a good one. Like I'll never forget seeing that on TV with like Martha coming out of green goop. I was like, what is that? What what's happened to Martha? Oh my god! Um, Even after watching it, I was still like, what is that? Yeah, literally. <laughs> I will say though, I have such a soft spot for the series five trailer. Weirdly, like the first. Big. It was like over a minute. I think it was after the eleventh hour. There was like a massive series five trailer, and it was so well done. And it had I'm the Doctor in the background. It was so good. It was just such a good trailer. Of course, of course it did. Yeah, of course it <laughs> did. Um, but I also do love. I do also love that series four one. To be fair, um, the one for the. Okay, right. I'm taking it back. I'm taking it real back right now. Um, I did love the Martha 
and 10th Doctor one where they're kind of split down the middle and it's like Freema and David, they filmed a promotional video trailer for series three. That was good. But then also iconic when Catherine and David were like doing the one where like Donna's like, there's something waiting in the darkness. And then they're like, and just like that, we'll be gone. Oh, camp perfection. It's giving mother, you know? Especially because it's so not their energy either. Like Catherine... Yeah, you know, so like, <laughs> it's good stuff. What about you? What about you? I'm gonna cheat um, here because you know all of them are fun and you know enjoy the series one, one series two, one. Uh, I'm I'm going to say, and Damla is gonna scream when I say this because she'll agree and be annoyed that she didn't choose it. Um, so the season specific collection bot set trailers that get dropped on YouTube Ooh. are so good. Mm-hmm. They do the little announcements, but they also do custom made trailers. And the one for season twenty two um yeah. is with Colin. Amazing yeah. with Colin. It's so good. I mean, like the whole trailer is so great, good. but you know specifically it's Perry saying you're unstable and then it cutting to him going Guy Pow Bad it's amazing. Uh, a lot of fun. Recommend all of them, actually, because some of them are really heartfelt, some of them are just really fun. But yeah, the season 22 box set trailer, just electric guitars playing as like Colin Baker shoots men to death. It's so much fun. We will, sorry, Elliot, more work for you for when you get this sorted. <laughs> no, we but will. We're going to link all of these. We will link it, we will link it in the notes. It's good. Can I just have one honourable mention, even though I had three answers? Sorry, I have to <laughs> mention this. Yeah. So, uh, love... On Twitter, their name is Make Me an Offer, I believe, and their name's James Barnett. Um, love the trailer they edited for Thirteen. It's the Thirteen. It was literally just before Thirteen regenerated in Power of the Doctor. They edited a Thirteenth Doctor like era trailer. Mm, I remember that one. It's good. The best, the the best editing for any Doctor Who trailer to ever exist. Straight yeah. up, straight up. Well, I hope that's, that's it. I hope that's answered your questions, Corey. If not. Don't be, don't be so greedy. <laughs> Thank you, Corey. Thank you. Next one here is from, and excuse the fact that I'm not going to do a terrible impression of Sylvester McCoy. Next one's from Ace. Um, Ace. Ace. Um, and Ace says, uh, hello there. Several hoes. Um, <laughs> otherwise, we would go, hello there. <laughs> Love the pod, you guys are amazing. Uh, turns out that my ringtone is the same as the Sardis sound uh, you put at the start of every episode, so every time I start an episode I check my notifications, which I turned off anyway, so who knows why I still think that. Uh, anyway, bye now, Ace, he, they. Oh, thank you, Ace. Short, sharp, lovely. That's yeah. really sweet. Thank you very much. It's very fun. It made me laugh, and I like anybody who's called Ace. Yeah. It's a great name. Ace. Brilliant. Love it. And our final one here. <laughs> this is from this is from Louis. Uh, Louis says, "Hello, Damn and Elliot. My name is Louis. Brackets pronounced the same as One Direction, Louis." Um, <laughs> ah, Louis Tomlinson. Yeah. I see. So yeah, it's a good job that I understand that reference because if not, you know, we, we're all screwed. <laughs> Uh, I love your vibes and your energy you bring to your podcast which makes it such an easy to listen. I've heard your pod through TikTok and instantly followed on Spotify. Absolute slave of a podcast you've been making my morning Aww. and evening commutes very lovely. Uh, definitely my favourite Who podcast. Uh, can't wait to hear even more. My little question is what is your most doc- prized Doctor Who possession? Either it be a figure, DVD, CD, plushie, etc, etc. Mine is my TARDIS 20Q from 2013 uh, and 
uh, and he only knows Doctor Who things. Uh, truly what the show needed. Thank you again. Have a wonderful day. Lovely. Louis. I was going to say, I love when people say that we slay. That makes me very happy. <laughs> yeah, Louis just out here spitting facts. Um, so I didn't know that that Dardis 20 Q from 2013 was a thing, but I'm also not surprised because, like, uh, the wonderful era of the show where you just buy anything, Doctor Who chopsticks, Doctor yeah. Who potato heads, anything. Brilliant, brilliant times. Spork. Sonic Spork. spork. I have a Sonic Spork. And that's not my most prized possession, but I have a Sonic Spork. Um, <laughs> Down what is your... Most prized Doctor Who possession. To be really honest with you, this is a very new edition and I want to be buried with it. It's my David Tennant autograph. Sorry, it just is. I love my David Tennant autograph. It's nice and fresh. It's in my bedroom, actually. Weirdly, it's literally in my bedroom. I will. I just can't. Be, I, I need to be close to it all the time. What about you? Um, mine, weirdly, is my Doctor Who Chameleon Arch pocket watch. Oh, yes. Relevant soon. Because I have had it for a very, very long time. I've had it since Series 3 came out. Mm. And it's been on such a wild journey. I had it, and I loved it. I lost it. Weirdly enough, I lost it at my nans, and I didn't know. And I found it, like, not even, you know, oh, like a couple weeks later, like years later. Yeah. Under her sofa. That's so weird. Anyway, thank you, yeah. Louis. Really appreciate it. Um, I was going to say, what's your most prized Doctor Who possession? You did say that in the email, so ignore me. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> let's quick, let's run away from him in our corner. Brain rot, no good. Yeah, let's go. Let's run away to Bannerman Road, everybody, because Sarah Jane Adventures, baby. Really want some bubble shock right now. So, Sarah Jane Adventures. Now, some background. I've watched Sarah Jane Adventures since I was a kid. Like, literally, I remember it coming out, the first episode. Um, I watched it from the day, literally the day it aired to the day it stopped. I, I've been there from, I've been there from day dot, basically. <laughs> Elliot has not. So, Elliot, I'm going to take it to you. Kind of like how we did it with Torchwood. Mm-hmm. Sarah Jane Adventures, I want your thoughts. I want all your thoughts right up top. Overall thoughts and feelings. Can I can I do a big disclaimer before I get into it? Um, of course you can. Which uh, I think I, we we did we did chat about it briefly, but I've now just sort of suddenly remembered again. Um, similar, I guess, to when we talk about Torchwood or when we talk about Doctor Who, and we praise you know the character of Mickey, the character of Captain Jack. We praise an episode that has been written by Gareth Roberts. It is in no way a. Uh, 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 supporting of him as a man. He's awful, and I'm glad he got fired off that book. Uh, it's a shame that his writing's all over the series. Shame that he writes some really good episodes. But, you know, I just feel like you have to sort of mention that, because, you know, I don't I don't like Gareth Roberts. He's a terrible man. Um, but, unfortunately, we're dealing with a series that has mostly been written by him. So, you know, there we are. So, yeah, boring... You know, boring, horrible, horrible man, admin out of the way. 
What do I think about Sarah Jane Adventures? I'm trying to think. I don't think about what I'm going to say. What's going to be a funny, punchy? I bloody I liked it. <laughs> like Good. I can't even I'm think. Of, I can't glad. even think of anything really to say that's like witty or charming, other than just I had a great time. I had a really good time. It's it's camp. Yeah, like the camp. It is. Series one seen. is. Um, yeah, yeah. So I've only seen series one. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So uh, I haven't haven't watched further, but yeah, really, really enjoyed it. I mean, you know how quickly I watched the series. Oh yeah, no, literally, we both. So I had like a few days off, and I sat there for one whole day and nearly watched the entire thing because it's just it's so easily digestible. It's so. I messaged you on one day was saying I'm I'm. I'm on the finale. Like already. We were both like Yeah, because yeah. You, yeah, you were like you were like, already, no way, fuck off. And then like messaged me about half an hour later being like, by the way, I'm also on the finale, I've just realised. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's so good and like when you say it's camp, I really agree because I feel like series one is very, very camp. It gets less camp as it goes, I feel like, which is not a bad thing. It becomes really like really good drama. It's um, like I, I can see it being one of those things that grows up with its audience. Yes, it is. Yes, it very much is that. You know, you start watching it in 2006 when you're you know, six, seven, eight, nine, and then you grow up into a teenager as the series goes on. Exactly. Um, I think the cast of characters we've got here are so interesting. Um, you know, I think Sarah Jane, obviously, as the protagonist and main character, is just brilliant there is brilliant elizabeth sladen is on my like list of celebrities who i think every day i just feel like a little bit sadder that they're not around yes i would have loved to have met her like mayor at some point that would have been yeah just seems really lovely um she's just so good in this and it's not even just like oh she's good i know she's really good like she really holds the whole thing together she is the glue of the whole thing um, but then you know you've got the introduction of like Luke, Clyde, Maria, Maria's dad, Maria's mum, Maria's mum. We'll get to. We'll get to. <laughs> oh, we'll get to. You know, you know, already what we're gonna say probably, but we'll get to it. I'm really glad you liked it. I'm so glad, and I could tell, like I said, because you finished it so quickly. Yeah, it's it's so it's, it's just so digestible, isn't it? Half hours, everything being a two parter, other than like the pilot is just accessible. It's easy to watch. It's a great format. Yeah. Like, I enjoy torture, but it's like, if you're not enjoying an episode, you've got 45 minutes, and it's quite heavy, because it's a drama. Yes, it's very heavy. Or it's like, you know, if I'm not enjoying an episode of the Sarah Jane Adventures, which there are a couple I didn't enjoy, okay, fine. Um, it's half an hour, who cares? And it's made for kids. Exactly. <laughs> and and I think, though, what was nice, as, as a child watching it, it didn't feel like a kids' programme to me. It felt kind of adult at the time when I was watching it. It feels, honestly, and it feels it, more... Like tonally and consistent, and the way it's made with, with Doctor Who, than Torchwood does. Yeah. No, no, no. It's very. I would say Sarah Jane Adventures is more in the Doctor Who world than Torchwood is, to be honest. Because one thing I do like about Torchwood is that it doesn't rely heavily on the Doctor at all. But Sarah Jane Adventures doesn't either. But you know. I'm sure you've seen clips, Elliot. In you know, in the future, the Doctor does come into yeah. it a few times. Yeah, and of course, you know, she mentions him, and you know, I like that though because they don't try and keep him out of it. And of course, it's also just you know, we'll get into thoughts on the episodes. But it's also just like a fucking absolute shame that there are no more Slovene stories in like mainstream Doctor Who. And I love that Sarah Jane has kind of just adopted the Slovene and went, okay, well, if you don't want to use them, then we will. 
Who's this man getting married to? He's not got a zip on his forehead, has he? he smells like gas. <laughs> Donna! Sorry. <laughs> Coming soon. Coming soon. But yeah, so let's just get into Get into it. Episodes. Yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna let the people know what they what they what they should expect? We've given overall thoughts, so now we're gonna go into each episode, what we thought of them, brief thoughts, a ranking out of five for each one. And then we're gonna do oh and that's done, we're gonna give our best moment of women that didn't work, our favourite quote. Uh, like normal and then um, we're going to rank each episode each because we love a ranking here if you don't like it well sorry we do so absolutely pair of rankers we love it we love it yeah so the pilot Invasion of the Bane that's just one episode it's the longest episode of Sarah Jane Adventures I believe unless the last episode was also 40 something 50 minutes it is very long but um, yeah so Invasion of the Bane the pilot this was like you you can tell this is a pilot, obviously, because it's very some of the formats a little bit different, and like the characters change a little bit and whatever. I'm gonna say one thing right up top: justice for Kelsey. Okay, a lot of you lot in this fandom don't like Kelsey, and you find her annoying. I think you need to open up your minds a little bit and actually realize that she is the queen, the queen of this whole episode. I anytime Kelsey spoke, I forgot because when I was younger, I liked Kelsey as well. I found her quite funny. But like now as watching her as an adult, I was like actually cackling out loud at Kelsey. Uh yeah. I mean like, you know, she's only in an episode and she's fine. A bit annoying. But like I don't hate her. It'd be weird to hate her as a character, I think. I just think she would have been so funny to include in the show going forward. And I know a lot of people don't agree with that, and it's a very controversial opinion I've got here, but like I felt that like, if she kind of just started, there had been a really interesting character arc. She would start being quite dismissive and very, like, you know, um, ignorant and all of this. And then as you go on, you realize she's got a really soft side. And then her and Maria could become really good friends. And then, like, you know, Sarah Jane's shown her loads of different things and she kind of softens over the series. I thought that would have been, you know, great. And also, she's hilarious. I don't know. I really like Kelsey. I guess her character kind of gets softly transposed onto Clyde. Like, kind of. Like they're not yeah, they're it's... not a one for one copy, but they have sort of enough similar in, in common, like uh, dismissive kind of you know into all the cool things kind of kid you know. But they're not like a one for one copy. But I feel like any kind of arc that she would have just kind of gets handed over to Clyde in the main series. It's interesting. It's interesting. So obviously in the episode you get this thing called Bubble Shock, which is the fizzy drink that's taken over the globe. Would try. Would try it because I am nothing if not curious yeah, uh, about we, everything. We love a soda pop. We do. We. I mean, we're both very big Coke drinkers. 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 <laughs> um, Are you having a Diet Coke right before this? I literally had a Diet Coke right before this. I'm literally looking at an empty bottle of Diet Coke right now. Um, so, yeah, this drink's taken over the world and it has this uh, ingredient called Bane, which is interesting. And, you know, it's made with Bane or whatever. I don't know. It's supposed to be like a healthy thing. I don't know. I don't know how they're marketing it. I forget, but... With with a really fucking annoying advert that doesn't stop playing throughout the whole episode. That's how they're marketing. Yeah, the advert is... Yeah, the advert's annoying. Yeah. And Sarah Jane is... Because she's a journalist, as we know, and she is in investigating Bubble Shock and the factory and the ingredient Bane because she knows, because she can sense there's something fishy going on. And obviously, there's something fishy going on. But before that all happens, we are introduced to Maria, who is kind of our 
eyes and ears, like the audience's eyes and ears mostly for this series. Or this episode, I'd say. And then while she she meets someone called Kelsey, they go to the the factory and then they encounter someone called Luke who was grown by the aliens that are running Bubble Shock. Shock horror. Um, oh, bubble shock, shock horror. horror. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love the inclusion of Luke. I think the one of the strongest aspects of this whole show, it's kind of obvious. I'm, I'm, speak, I'm speaking to the choir here, but I feel like everyone knows that Luke and Sarah Jane's relationship is one of the is like the best thing about it. It's so wholesome and wonderful. Yeah, I like getting, I like getting sort of parallel um, having having Luke and Sarah Jane having a really strong like mother son relationship, um, but then also having Maria and her dad having yes. a really strong like father daughter relationships are not really something you see much of. You really don't know. It's like it's easy to do father and sons because you can have like you know, discussions about toxic masculinity. It's easier to do mother and daughters because you can do the weight of expectations and you know how how you're meant to sort of carry yourself. Uh, but yeah, father daughter is a really interesting dynamic, and I think it's really unique that works for the show really well. Do you know what else is interesting? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know I'm going to say, don't you? I know exactly what you're going to say. Maria's dad, listen. Is it Alan? I want to say if Alan. you know, you know. Alan, I think it is Alan. Alan Jackson. He is. He is so fit. I forgot how fit he was. <laughs> oh my god. I, I'm in love with Maria's dad. I don't I don't see it, listeners. Oh I really I really like him. And I think So do I, yeah. You know, like I'm not I, I don't I'm not in love with him. But it's like nice to see just a positive positive dad character. Doing it's really best. refreshing. Yeah, like it makes me makes me like him, and you know, like maybe have like a tiny bit of a crush on him. But I'm not like, I'm not in love, like that. <laughs> I'm in love. I'm fully in love. Um, I will say though, this is where I have a right, Elliot. So I said to you before we recorded that I have quite a controversial opinion that I would like to share with the audience here. Yes, and you wouldn't share it with me. No, I wouldn't because I wanted to keep it Live for the recording because I really want to go into this. I'm not the biggest fan of Maria. I said it. I said it, I said it, I'm sorry, I said it. I think it's because we get Rani later on, who is so good. I love Rani Chandra. Rani Chandra, yeah, is my best friend. She's my best friend. Love her. She's so interesting. And I just feel like Maria is a little bit bland, unfortunately, for me. For me? For me. For you. Yeah. How do you feel about Maria? You tell me. Um, yeah, I mean, like, she's, like, perfectly... I think, for me, she's perfectly serviceable as the sort of... Yeah, yeah. Uh, audience stand-in character you experience everything through I would never necessarily be like wow but that Maria I'm really invested in her life and her character struggle and her arc um, I think probably having the I think she'd be so much more bland if the stuff at home wasn't happening like it was um, yes exactly but yeah I mean you do get an episode where she kind of has to carry it herself and like it's fine like, like, like the the premise is the premise is good. I'm not going to spoil my thoughts on it, but you know, what I mean? like, like you, you, she really has to yeah. stand out there because she is like completely on her own as the lead for at least that first part, um, and you know, maybe not the most dynamic leading person, but she's also like 13. Yeah, exactly. And it's like I'm not saying she's terrible. She's not terrible, and she's fine. It's just I don't, 
I just think sometimes she just was, there was something missing for me a little bit with Maria. Um, but there is one episode that I think she does truly shine and I really like her in it. Um, but then everything else, I just find her a bit like, uh, okay, you know? And there was, there were some moments where, and I'm not, not just cause I fancy him, but like her dad was more interesting and he was more involved. And I was like, but like, that's not how it's supposed to be. I don't, I don't know. She sort of has whatever response they need her to have. Yeah. Based on the situation, that's not necessarily always character consistent. Yeah. Like, she can either be really hyper-intelligent and informed and sort of completely in on it, or can be, like, a kid, depending on what they yeah. need. And it just sometimes makes you feel maybe a bit inconsistent. And I think because I really like Luke and Clyde so much, and I think they're so interesting on their own, and they're dynamic, I think it just makes yeah. them stand out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, do I ship them? Maybe. What, Luke and Clyde? Oh, yeah. A little bit, just a little bit. Oh my god! I mean, we're going to talk about Luke liking girls in quotation marks, marks like mm, whatever. Um, I, I don't know if you're aware, Elliot. Luke is actually uh, queer. So when the show ends, and they they did like a little thing in the future where uh, when Luke goes to university, he meets his like future husband, and it's very sweet, and I love it. Um, spoilers but like it's just a thing it's, it's not even relevant to the show it's just something that happens afterwards that is mentioned to be um, honest if i got if i got swept up in david tennant's arms after nearly being hit by a car i think i <laughs> i don't i'd only want men for the rest of my life yeah <laughs> you'd rethink some things but yeah no um yeah for me maria i just feel like in invasion of the bane specifically she was one of the least interesting things about it yeah, I, I think she's she's at her worst in Invasion of the Bane, where she's literally just a pawn to get you as the audience into places. And she, has, she doesn't really have any agency. And I know it's like a character discovering things for the first time, but you know what I mean? She doesn't, she yeah. doesn't ever really make an active choice. Exactly. So, you know, you've got Miss Wormwood, who is easily the best villain in the whole series. She's great fun. Um, actually, no, I'm lying. She's my second favourite. She's my second favourite villain. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, I'll leave it there for now. But, you yeah, know, she's like, she's so good. The actress, uh, Samantha Bond, is serving so much. <laughs> you know what? I know. It's unreal. Um, You know, I love her so much. She's so good. And then you've got Introduction of Luke. You've got Kelsey, who is just so funny. I really love Kelsey. I'm sorry. I, 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 that's my truth. I love Kelsey. I always, um, I always get Samantha Bond confused with Celia Emery. So do I, weirdly. Yeah. So do I. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, love, yeah. love them both. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, the introduction of Mr. Smith, which is so good. I love Mr. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> poor poor K nines trapped in the the Near a black hole. Near a black hole. Shooting asteroids or whatever it is he's doing. <laughs> but I I think that was uh, that was wise because you didn't want it to just be K9 and company over again, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's not really in the series. He's in it when he needs to be. Yeah. Which um, I think is a good idea. Yeah. Um but yeah, and then you've got the muffin. That's not his character name, but I'm calling him the muffin. You know the guy who's like Miss Miss Wormwood's like henchman, like uh, what was, is it Davy? Is his name Davy? I, I keep on. I just keep thinking about how 2007 the like bubble shock factory tall guy is. Yeah, that, the, no, the the tall guy. Yeah, him. him. Yeah. Like a like yeah. with a so really play- like a top man suit on and like a yes. really shit haircut. Yeah. That's him. So he plays Davy. Okay. Um, he's the muffin. That's the one that Kelsey keeps calling the muffin. Oh, um, I don't. I have no memory of this for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's very iconic. Like, it's like, like I when, know, um, I know, know him, but like I don't remember anybody being called Muffin. 
so you know when she says it more uh, before this as well but when he comes to attack them at sarah jane's house which is really cool. I love that scene. Um, when he turns back into Davy, uh, or, or his um, perception filter goes back on, she, uh, Kelsey goes, "It's the muffin," <laughs> <laughs> and I re- I just really like it. I don't know why. Um, but no, I actually okay. So the episode itself, I really love this episode. I can't lie. I think it's a really cool introduction to the show, and I love the Bane. Where's the Bane figure? I'm waiting. We're waiting. We're all waiting. You made a figure of that. The, what's it called? Is it a Veron Soothsayer? Is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah. The no. yeah, I, the, the one that appears in Sarah Jane's Bad Garden. Torchwood. Yeah, and in Torchwood as well. Yeah. and Not the got, same one. There's a different one, but... Yeah. And we've got figures of the grass. The, the, the grass, yeah. Oh, yeah. love it. But no, no Bane. No Bane. But do you like the Bane? I love the Bane. I think they're great. Yeah, I mean, they're like perfectly kind of camp, silly kind of, you know, like they're just big tentacly monsters you know but like it's fun it's all part of the fun like this the, you know the effects work on them not being great is all part of the fun uh but i also feel like i would have found them genuinely menacing as a child probably i think for me it's the design that i love i think their design is really good it also kind of reminds me a bit of um like the editor from the long game yes, yes. sorry to make everybody think about the long game but so it reminds me a bit of the editor from the long game because of or um whatever his actual name is no, sorry, the editor is Simon Pegg. Um, the, the blob uh, on the ceiling. Oh, the uh, the Mighty Jagafest. That, that's it, the Mighty Jagafest. Yeah. Of the, the editor is, the editor is Simon Pegg. Yeah. Sorry about that, everybody. It's just because I don't think about the long game. Um, <laughs> the long, 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 long game. Long game. Um, but yeah, it, it, reminds me of, it reminds me of the Jagafest. Sorry. Yeah, it's got similar vibes like when, it, when the mother... Mother yeah. is in the ceiling. The main a- mother's in the ceiling. Yeah. Big alien on the ceiling, yeah. No, literally, it's very... Yeah, no, you make a good point about that. But um, I love when they crash the, the, the bus into the into the building. Yeah. Sarah Jane... I like, I like Sarah Jane's characterisation in this. I like that she's kind of a bitch. She's, she's really cold, yeah. and I like that. Because you would be, right? Like, uh, just, you know... I like that it takes having Luke and everything. You know, I, I like getting a... She has a characterisation. She's not just plucky Sarah Jane straight away. Because like yeah, she's yeah, yeah. She must be, you know. She's had some pretty terrible things happen, and also, you probably just would be really cold because you're serious you're investigating aliens, and I like that. Yeah, and she doesn't want any interference. And it's good because she's so warm in school reunion. Yeah. Not not to Rose, but you know, she's so warm in school reunion that you sort of you get to see what would she be actually like outside of yeah. being with the Doctor. Exactly. Um, and then. Last point I want to make about it is the sonic lipstick. I love that idea. Some people might say, "Oh, they, they needed she needed a sonic screwdriver, but she needed the female version." And yeah, like it's a bit, you know, all right, yeah, like it's it's of it's of its time to be like, you know, oh yeah, she's got she's got the sonic lipstick, oh because she's a girl, but also you know, it's kind of it's almost it's almost gone round the other way where it's like it was done in a sort of two thousand seven sexism kind of way, and now it's just like kind of a bit camp and iconic that she's like. Would I have a screwdriver? No, I want like a lipstick. The thing is, though, I see it as more of like it's more realistic for her to be carrying a lipstick in her purse. Yeah, like yeah, if she gets searched. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like yeah, and and let's it's, be honest, it just looks well. like a Charlotte Tilbury lipstick. I probably just wanted another toy to sell. Exactly, and I had it, and I've lost it since. Not gonna lie, I have lost it, which is sad because I think it goes for quite a bit on eBay now, and I literally, I had the watch 
I had the watch that she has and the sonic lipstick. So I, I fucked up. I fucked up big time, but I lost it. Sorry. The last um last two points then for me is that on the sonic lipstick I am very, very happy that Joe Jones now has that canonically. Actually makes me cry. Yeah. I love it so much. Yeah, that whole that whole I don't care about season nine particularly, but that whole like announcement was just really emotional because of her having the lipstick yeah. and also Cliff canonically dying. It's very sad. Very, very sad. Um, but yeah, I just like that. I like that it's ended up in someone else's hands. She's, you know, it's, it's very sweet. Um, it's very, very sweet. And you know, because I messaged you, uh, you know, but also like fun trivia, I guess, if people don't know. But of course, when they're trying to decide on a name for Luke before settling on the most like generic boy's name, um, Sarah suggests uh, Harry or Alistair, of course, she travelled in the TARDIS with Harry Sullivan, and she also met a new for a while, the Brigadier, who is Alistair Gordon Lethbridge Stewart. I thought that's very sweet. So cute. Yeah. So fucking cute. And literally, since she said it, I was like, I was like, hold on a fucking second. Harry Sullivan's a lovely character. I think that's such a wonderful, that's such a wonderful way to include, include just a little bit of background trivia, right? Yeah, like because that's the thing, Sarah, like. She doesn't actually spend that long in the TARDIS, and like she travels with three, and then when she's traveling with four, she's traveling with Harry as well. Like it's only you know like they don't really have that much time apart. So yeah, I think it is it is really sweet, and you can tell like her and Harry clearly sort of have like affinity for each other. But yeah, so Invasion of the Bane. What would you give it out of five, babe? Look, we've been we're positive, we're a bastion of positivity. Love it. Don't want to be negative, but it is too long. Kind of bored me. Glad they went half an hour. It's a two and a half out of five. Oh my god! I give it a four. I just—it's too—it's too long. It just—if it was—if it was half an hour, if it was half an hour, I'd like it. But I think, you know, it's a pilot, so it's not meant to be like anything amazing. And it's just—it just drags. It drags for me. It's not. That's fair enough. Yeah. If I didn't have to do, I just, that makes it sound like I'm under threat. If I didn't—if I didn't have to do this podcast, but you know, if we weren't doing this episode, I feel like getting over that hour, like a hump of an episode, would be. I mean, it was the biggest barrier to me watching it before because I tried to watch it about a year ago and was like, oh my God, why is it an hour? What are we doing? And just felt no need to carry on. Um, but I'm glad I did, obviously. You know, I love it. I love it. I remember when um, I, all I did was watch TV as a kid and I was on CBBC. Every time they would show this episode, I'd be really happy because I loved it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's fair enough. Like, it's not bad. I just, yeah. You know, two and a half is like completely mid. Half marks. So next... Revenge of the Slitheine. We're now in the series. They've commissioned the show. We are in to the half an hour, two-parter format ting. So, Revenge of the Slitheine. Um, hilarious. Oh. Hilarious. Actually laughing from start to finish. Camp and fierce. and It's so camp. Like the the Slitheine are even more camp in this. Like, if, if that was even possible. They are so much better suited to this type of story. Same. I think so. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed Aliens of London World War Three, but like they're so much better as sort of comedy. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. It's just so uh, it's it's so much fun. I have so much fun watching this. It's it's really really fun. I will say one thing though. One big problem I have with it, and it's a silly one. Um, Maria's tie makes me anxious about this whole bloody thing. Why is it so small? Oh, I, yeah. Every what looking at everybody's tie. The whole time I was just like, oh, look at that. That's it's peak 2007 fashion. It's like, yeah, you need your tie to be as 
tiny as possible. And like, I know funny. that. Just to clarify, I know that because I went to school at that time. I know. Um, yeah, like when, like the the like first couple of years that you started, it's like really fashionable, and then sort of like as we progressed then through school, it sort of got less and less like a thing that people cared about. But those first year seven, year eight, especially, it's like tiny, tiny. I'll be honest with you, it never was something that stuck with me. I always thought it was I, stupid. I, I never gave into it. No. no, neither did I. Because we're, you know, what are we? Pygmies, and what are we? Special. Um, <laughs> I, I love wearing a tie. I love wearing a tie. A tie is nice as it is, but yeah. So like Maria's tie just. It was so small and it looked so weird and I just didn't understand. I was like, Maria, stop it. I hate this. I hate this. Like all of the rejects from Waterloo Road. Um. Literally. Uh, Waterloo Road could never, though. It could never. I One thing I that stands out to me from this episode is at the end, you know when they're trying to escape? Sorry, I've just jumped right to the end here. But you know when they're escaping out of the room and he's like, you know, take my son, help my son, whatever. It was really sad. I was like, oh... <laughs> so I know that there is a child Slovene. Oh, I've seen the God. figure. But I have that figure. I, was, I have it. I was. I know you do. I'm very jealous. Yeah. I was caught off guard by the reveal. That, yeah. That, that kid, like, I don't know why. I just didn't see it coming, even though I know that there's a child Slovene in the first series of Sarah Jane Adventures and in this story. But even I was like, oh, my fucking God, that kid's a Slovene. But it's the way he's like... That he tries to help them. They go in the room. By the way, we're going to be talking about like each part, not part one, part two. This is all just like encompassed in each section. Yeah. Um, it's when they're like, "Oh, thanks for helping us." So, is there a way out of here? And he's like, "No, there's no way out." <laughs> Especially because, yeah, he'd already been in science club with Luke, and you know, yeah, I I, I enjoy it. Caught, caught me off guard. What a twist! Baby Slytherin is so cute, though. And that, I like that science teacher character as well. Daddy, I want my hunt. <laughs> I also something I think that this story also does better than Aliens on the Marvel 3 is they just rely on the practical suits more yeah like I know it looks sillier but I kind of love that yeah but you know it looks less silly than having them like having them waddle like you know trying to run after someone with their arms flailing through the air then hard cutting to them like sprinting like yeah. hunters yeah. I would rather just watch them Waddle and flail their arms around and sort of be threatening in that way because it's more fun. It's so fun. And like, it's just this episode is just a oodles and oodles of fun. Well, the two episodes. Um, yeah. And also, you get that more of that characterization with Luke and trying to fit in. And like, Clyde comes in. We get Clyde in this episode. I love Clyde. Yeah. I love Clyde. So fun. Yeah. Did I have a crush on Clyde when I was younger? Yes. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. It reminds me of like uh, because you know, he he's teaching Luke to be cool. So all of his references are very two thousand seven. So it yeah. kind of reminds me of for everybody who's seen Terminator two. Sort of reminds me of when you know uh, John Connor's driving in the car with the D eight hundred. He's like, you don't say affirmative, you say no problemo. Yeah, and that was so cool for the mid nineties. And now you watch, you're like, oh my fucking god. <laughs> oh it's my god. so yeah. I just love I love Clyde and Luke's friendship. It's very, very sweet. Um, and also, I love the whole, like, denim jacket over the school uniform, hoodie over the school uniform. I just love the whole vibe. The vibe is so vibing. School has no rules. It's I great. I'd into school. I'd get, like, carted off. And then you get the whole vinegar thing happening. Yeah. I, I, like the, I do like that Maria is sort of hesitant about, like, killing any of them until, yeah. like, one of them calls her a loser. And then she's like, <laughs> she's like, oh, fuck you. She's like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Mm. 
But it's very, very, it's very menacing as well. So we're really jumping back and forth here. But at the start of the episode, when the science teacher gets killed, so scary. It's like, oh my, he's like screaming. Mm. He's good. a great actor. Really he's good. a really good actor. And like, I think the OTT acting also adds to the character of the Slitheen as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like the science, the science teacher character is so fun because he's like just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But yeah, so what would you give it out of yeah. five then? Oh, four. Camp. Love. How are you? I'd give it a three and a half out of five, so three point five out of five. It's just pure in- enjoyment, fun. It, it's very fun. Yeah. I have the Gorgon. What are you saying? I, I'm going to kick off with some fun trivia, fun facts, fun facts. Because for all of you, all of you facts fans out there, if you watch this episode and you go, "Oh, I feel like I recognise that retirement home," it's because it is the hotel from Turn Left. I fucking knew it. I I didn't say anything. I didn't write it down because I was like, no, it can't be. No, I was right. As soon as I saw it, I was like, I'm going to have to Google this. And I watched both episodes like side by side. I was like, that is the same fucking building. I recognised it because it's when they're all standing outside and then the maid is pointing at Donna with like, her, like winking. Yeah, it's where they go, like, they go on holiday for Christmas Day, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, yeah. it's spider. And then, yeah, I is know. That where, is that where they see the nuclear explosion from? Yeah. 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 And she's yeah. like pointing at them and she's like shaking her finger like, I know you. Yeah, so that is, yeah, that's it's the the retirement home is the hotel from Turn Left. I fucking knew it, dude. I fucking knew it. But thank you for <laughs> confirming that. Oh my God. Welcome. You're welcome, facts fans. I'll say this. Another thing that made me a bit anxious in this episode, which is silly yet again, but we are silly here. Um, The Gorgon's nails. Ugh. Ugh. Disgusting. Disgusting. Vile. Hateful. Just curly, they like curl in on each other. They're just, ugh. I know they're supposed to be like hundreds of years old, but. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Still. Yeah, this is, this is a really interesting two-parter. It is. Because um, I think I have some stuff about it that I really like. I also have some stuff about it that I really don't. Like it kind of, kind of drags and it's kind of middling. Yes, um, 
but also has some really like really good and really impactful stuff about it. I think the I think the Gorgon specifically I think should be in the main show. Mm. Because I think the design is interesting, but it's not quite well realized enough. Yeah. Like it, but I know, but it's the C, it's CBBC. Like you know, I know it's not, but like I would like to see a proper version of a Gorgon in normal Doctor Who. And it has limitations because um, it is more for children as well. Yeah, it can't do any kind of horror or anything with it. Um, even though I mean, obviously it's creepy. It'd be creepy for a kid, definitely. But I really want to see see it in the main body of the show. But for that complaint, though, I think I wasn't quite sort of expecting uh, B, the sweet old lady, to have a very lovely story arc. I think the storyline with B is the most interesting part about the whole thing. Because obviously when she starts talking about Sontarans, you're like, oh, so she has dabbled in this world before. And I just feel like, because obviously they go and visit this care home and she has, she she gives, because she's got dementia, she gives... She speaks to Luke and doesn't really realise who she is, who he is and just kind of trusts him with this big secret of like with with, with the um is it what's it called? Talisman. The the talisman. So the talisman basically opens and connects the earth with the Gorgon world, essentially. That's kind of what it does. Um and you know yeah, just I feel like B if she was more of the focus of the episode and it wasn't jumping from here, there and everywhere, because you've got Maria's dad turned into a statue, which is interesting. It's really cool. And also the statue is really good, you know. Yeah, it's a good, it's a really good effect. I was quite surprised. It is a really good effect for back then as well. But I just feel like if we had just maybe had it, had more of a focus on B, that would have been really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Because um, I really like her character. Um, really, really cool yeah, character. It sort of reminds me of... Um, the Torchwood fairies at the end of the garden. Yes, yes. Thing because you have that old lady character, but she should be the focus, but she's not the focus because she dies. Exactly. Obviously, she doesn't die, but she's not focused on enough. We said that in the episode as well, didn't we? We said that if she was more of the focus. Yeah, because like Jack's got a history with her and everything. It should have been, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But there you go. Yeah. Uh, this was a sort of peak, like. Maria's mum. Yes. I mean, great great performance, but also, like, annoying. Well, the thing is with Maria's mum, <laughs> so l- let's talk about Maria's mum quickly. I really like Maria's mum. She's serving, giving, quenching our thirst. She's great. She's so funny. Obviously, she's a bit of a problematic character because she's very absent, and she's left Maria's dad. We don't really understand why. I guess she, she just basically... She fell out of love with him, essentially, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think she just... Yeah, or like, was already cheating, I don't know. Yeah, I think there's a cheating storyline going on, not going to lie. But I, I, I like Maria's mum, but I, I don't like her when you're not meant to like her. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, you're not meant to like her all the time. She's meant to be a bit of a foil, but ultimately you're not meant to hate her. But like, when she's being a foil, she's being a foil and she's annoying me. Like, thinking that Sarah Jane's some kind of pervert that has the statue of Alan. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. It's like, that's why I really like her because she's so complex. She's easily the most complex character in the whole show. Like, you, you don't know where you stand with her at any time. And that is what you'd think as well if you saw a life-size statue of your ex-husband in someone's living room. You would think <laughs> I mean, that. I'd be like, what the hell's going on? Well, I mean, actually, sorry, can I ask you this? So, re-watching this series, I, at some point, thought, and I'm glad they didn't do it, 
but I feel like they were trying to plant a seed. I think the seed that was trying to be planted <laughs> is maybe Sarah Jane and Alan having a thing, kind of weird in a weird way. I'm glad they didn't go there, but I did get that vibe at one point, like a few points in the series. Am I crazy, or did you kind of get that a little bit? I think, I think like there are times where it's sort of brought to the fore, maybe because of Maria's mum. I think the the relationship that develops between them is really special because it's so platonic. Obviously, by the end of the series, he is like on board and part of the team. Yes. I don't know how that carries over, but at the end of the series, anyway. Um, and I just kind of like that they have a sort of almost like a mutual respect for each other as parents. They like both now have a stake in both their kids being okay in alien invasions. Um, but yeah, I think like you know they probably are. I can see. I can see how it might seem also like they're sort of trying to do a a relationship story but i think it's i never quite felt it yeah no i i I, but i got i got hints of it here and there i did get hints of it and i just felt that was quite interesting um i'm glad they didn't go through with it though because i like that romance isn't a massive part of sarah jane adventures like there's obviously elements of it and there will be way more later on which is very interesting very very interesting um but yeah anyway i have the gorgon fun little moment gets a bit lost plods a little bit here and there what are you saying out of five um i think uh i keep going back and forth i think probably probably it's a three because the things that like work work really well, and I do have a lot to like about it. But yeah, it is also kind of plodding and a bit like. Ugh. I'm with you. Mine's. I gave it a three out of five as well. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Plodding, but good. Warriors of Kudlak. I look. <laughs> I I had I had to I had to make a note of the man's name because Joplin Subtain as Mr. Mark Grantham. Or of course, Tarek from the Waters of Mars. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yes, he is he is he's everything to me. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Just my just my sexuality entirely. Just love. Just he 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 he's such a good actor. Yeah, and you not in enough. It's not in enough. No, agreed. Totally agreed. He plays he plays evil, weird. He's the most menacing water creature well. from the Waters of Mars. Yes, he is. Because his face as well. Oh, anyway, moving on. Um, This episode was straight up. Just going to say it. Should I just say it? Should I just say it? For me, this is the weakest by a long shot. Like, this is very, like, I was actually uh, quite bored watching this. Not going to lie. I think the concept is really interesting. It just doesn't quite. It just doesn't run with it. Live up to it. Like, right. Let's paint the picture here. There's an arcade like um, laser quest game that's coming combat, to town. It's combat three thousand. Combat three thousand. It's coming to town. It's the new. It's all the rage with teenagers, right? Suddenly, people start going missing at this place. So obviously, Sarah Jane goes to investigate immediately. Immediately for me, that's like that's interesting. That's really cool. Kudlak. First of all, I just want to say the makeup and the prosthetics and the um. Uh, animatronic stuff some of the best of the whole of the Doctor Who franchise like in every kind of world Kudlat looks 
unreal. Like, like actually to this day, to in my opinion, if that was on Doctor Who now, it would still look so good. Like that, I don't know about you. I just think Kudlak looks amazing. Yeah, no, it is really good. Good practical effect. And Kudlak's a very interesting character as well. It falls flat for me because I don't know. It just like, it starts off really good, and I'm like, oh yeah, 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 I'm having a good time. And then suddenly it just I think it's because um what's his name the the man again what's the character's name uh, Mr Mr Grantham Mr Grantham he, he like disappears for a long time like a really long time I think and for, for me it's it gets lost it, just, it, it gets lost it yeah it's it doesn't run with its story of part 2 is definitely worse than part 1 and agreed it also just I don't, I don't like stories where they try to get down with the kids it, it, but it's the nuts, Elliot. It's the nuts. <laughs> I mean, that is quite funny. Yeah. That, that do make me laugh. But, like, you know, just where, I don't know, Clyde's like, yeah, it's like laser tag. And, like, look at all these people. They're, they're, they're like the Premier League of laser tag. No one, no one cares. Laser tag's just what you do on, like, people's birthdays. Like, it's not that. You do it because it's no raining. Kid is, yeah, no kid is into laser tag. You just do it for a birthday party or, like, when you're bored. Like, it's there but, because it was raining and nothing else was open. That's why you did laser tag. Let's be honest. Like it's some, yeah, some of it's just kind of weird. Like there is there is some moments from this I really like that I won't spoil. Um, but yeah, so part two, part two especially. I mean, like my big note from part two is just like it's boring. And yes, Clyde gets really weirdly happy that he just finds a girl in a crate. They like open a crate. Yeah. and he's like it's like oh my, there's a lady. I just uh, find it very like, forced. No, like, no, no, be yeah, like be scared. Why it's is there a girl really. In a crate? It's really forced, the whole, like, Clyde and Luke fancy her kind of thing. Because, one, it's painful to watch because we all know Luke is, is one of us, okay? We all know Luke and Clyde. Just, yeah. Let's just get together. <laughs> um, Should be holding but, um, hands in the dark. But, you know, it, it was very forced. And then at the end when... I get why they did it but uh, at the time, I guess. But, you know, it's like when she goes up to him and gives him a kiss. It was so awkward. I was like, oh, oh God, I can't. I'm cringing, I'm cringing. And then it's like, hey, mum, can I just ask, what do you know about girls? And then it's just, they're all laughing. And it's like, oh, no, it's, no. This is, not, this is not an indication of the quality of this episode or indeed the quality of the episode that I'm going to make reference to. But also the title of Warriors of the Kudlak reminds me very much of like a battle of Rancicor and of Coloss. Kind of just nonsense word salad. Yeah. Yeah. Nonsense word salad. I like that. So, Warriors of Kudlak, out of five, babe, give it to me. I don't know. It's really hard because there is stuff that I do really like, but there's also just, especially in episode two, stuff that I don't like. Um, I don't know. I think I'm gonna be sc- gonna be scathing. I'm gonna say it's a two. Same. Yeah. Don't feel ashamed. Really. No, I keep flip because because I keep flip flopping around. I can't decide, but I think. Like that too is being awarded entirely to like my enjoyment of the first part, because I actually do I actually do like the first part quite a lot. It's the second episode where I just completely lose interest. Do you know what? Why I've given it two stars purely for the makeup on Kudlak, like the actual prosthetics on Kudlak is actually honestly astounding and amazing, and it's the way it all seamlessly ties together. It's really good. But yeah, so two out of five from the pair of us. Yeah, I'll be mean. Why not? Whatever happened to Sarah Jane? Question mark. Whatever happened to Sarah Jane? Whatever happened to Sarah Jane? Sarah Jane? Mm-hmm. My God, this episode. Sorry. 
it blew me away. It absolutely annihilated me. Even when I was younger, I, I've never forgotten this episode. And I've actually seen a lot of people online in the community have said that this episode has stayed with them since they've watched it. And I'm th- that person. What about you? It's the first time watching it. Tell me what you think. Because it's quite, this is quite a well-known episode of Sarah Jane. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, I like it. I, I'm not a big fan of like lead characters being removed from things um, for sort of like artificial drama. Um, so it's not, I, I don't dislike it, but it's not like, I don't love, I don't love, but I like a lot. Weirdly, though, you quite like Doctor Light episodes, don't you? Are we both? Yeah, I mean, this re- this reminds me of. Uh, yeah, I, I don't mind. I don't mind like because a lot of the Doctor Light stuff is always just they just choose to focus on a different character. But yeah. I don't like it when they just sort of do like, oh, but the main character's gone and nobody can remember. Like it doesn't. It feels uh, slightly just you know. It's not something I've not seen before. It also as well, and maybe this is un. This is uh, this is unfair because of course. It did it first, um, but this is it's pre blink blink. Oh, oh! Because of the Grask sending people into the past. Yes. And the and, you know like it doesn't obviously explore the concept as much as blink does, but it is pre it is pre blink blink. Um, you're so right. Oh God, you're so, so right. So of course, watching it, knowing blink and other episodes, you know, I kind of can go, oh, it's a bit like blink. Whereas obviously at the time you wouldn't have known because this did it first. I mean, obviously, the, the major difference is that they're not stuck there. That's the only major difference. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about the elephant in the room, the 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 the, the, the icon, the the moment, the trickster. Oh, I thought you were going to say Andrea. Um. No, Andrea too, <laughs> but we'll get to Andrea in a second. I just want to talk about the trickster. The trickster not appearing in Doctor Who yet, because uh, the Doctor does actually reference the trickster in... Um, in turn left because the cockroach, the cockroach, mm. not the cockroach, it's like beetle. the beetle. Sorry, the the beetle, the beetle, um, the beetle uh, that is attached to Donna, the time beetle that is actually part of the trickster brigade. That like, is part of his brigade of little silly things. Um, and yeah, no, the trickster also actually is referenced in Torchwood. I forgot about that uh, in Immortal Sins, the episode Immortal Sins, which you've not seen yet. Uh, mentioned in Time Heist as well, uh, in series eight. Weird. Yeah, weird, right? Yeah, I feel like it's it, it is sort of a shame that the trace has not been in main Doctor Who, and does feel like a main Doctor Who villain. But it's also nice that Sarah Jane just has a her has, own her own Dalek has her own Dalek. Yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, I think the Trickster is one of the best villains in the whole of the Doctor Who world. The design is bone chilling. When I was younger, that 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 guy scared me, bro. Mm. So I bad. Think, honestly, I think it's part of why I like. Cause I do really like this, and I think it's part of why I'm like I can't love it. Is because the tricks look so amazing and it's so genuinely creepy. But then I think like I do think the Grask slightly ruins everything. The Grask is a silly is a silly goofy time. Um. <laughs> that I that I would enjoy in anything. I mean, I didn't didn't not enjoy it in this, but like I would enjoy it so much more if I wasn't trying to take it a bit seriously. Yes, of course. Yeah, it's because it just sort of shows up and goes like, Bleh! and then runs after it's people. Like, it's blah, like, blah, blah, blah. boing. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, at the start of the episode, Sarah has the sorry, Sarah. Who I'm not the fourth Doctor. Sarah Jane is give. Uh, she gives 
Maria that cube. I forget where she gets the cube from. It was given by a, Saren so- a Veron soothsayer, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was a gift from a Veron soothsayer, which is where she got the warp star from as well. Also, I do think we did get it wrong earlier, guys, so sorry about this, but the Veron soothsayer isn't the thing at the start of episode one, the, the pink glowy fairy thing. Oh, right. So that creature is called a star poet or an Arcatenian. Star poet slash Arcatenian, because that's what the that, that's the one that appears in Tortured and with Sarah Jane in uh, Invasion of the Bane at the start, the pink thing, the 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 pinky thing. Um, so it's not a Veron soothsayer. We got that confused. But yeah, so a Veron soothsayer though did give Sarah Jane the cube that helps you like remember stuff. But also she doesn't say that to Maria at the time. So she gives Maria that cube, which I did find a bit odd to be really honest, because if it was me. I get why, because obviously Maria is our eyes and ears and they need Luke to disappear because it only makes sense for how it goes. But I, to me, she would have given it to Luke because she should trust Luke the most. She's like, I'll give it to the person I trust most. How do you trust Maria the most already? Like, that's a bit weird to me, you know? I think what you should do is uh, earlier in the series have some point where Maria has to massively go out of her way to like, save Sarah Jane's life and then she's like, you know, like, you know, I, I you know, I want to, I want to say thank you. I was told to give this to someone I trust. You know, you've saved my life here. Take this. Precisely. And then it become plot relevant here. That makes so much more sense than what they did. I think because I just found it a bit weird. Because if it was me, I'd give it to my son. Hmm. No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Um. Right, probably. Yeah. So anyway, that happens, and then they wake up, and Sarah Jane is missing. Maria. No one knows who Sarah Jane is. And it's so good. The idea is so good. And then this woman called Bloody Andrea appears. And it's like, who the fuck are you? But also, she's serving. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you know what she's serving. Um, love, love Andrea. Love um, Andrea. My two, my two notes about Andrea are, yeah, that she's serving the word. And <laughs> down here, I've just written Andrea. Then a little dash, gaslight, gatekeep, girl boss. Oh, for sure. Oh, my God, she <laughs> gaslights. She's the biggest gaslighter I've ever bloody met in my life. Ever seen, even. She's, she's gaslighting. She is gatekeeping all of the things that could help bring Sarah Jane back. And she is girl bossing that party. Oh, for sure. <laughs> don't, don't put the important news on. Have a glass of champagne. Love, love. I just find it so haunting, though. So this is the thing that makes me think about this episode all the time is, you know, we we get... I love seeing more into Sarah Jane's past. I love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Andrea slips and she, you know, accidentally... You know, she dies, unfortunately, very young. And that's something Sarah Jane doesn't talk about. But then the trickster comes in that moment. And, like, again, the thing is, you can't not understand where Andrea's coming from. Like, when you're young... And you're about to die. Like you're, li- you haven't lived your life yet. If someone says, "Do you want her in your place? Do you want to uh, survive?" She's like, "Yes, yes, you know, t- yes." And then they swap. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and can you wow. like imagine that, like if you had like no memory of that? Like if someone turned up at your house or whatever, and was like, "By the way, you're not supposed to be alive." You'd be like, "What the, f- what the fuck?" You just feel for oh, Andrea yeah. so much because she's so, you know, the the tricks that made her forget as well. Yeah, like yeah, that's the thing. You would just be like, yeah, if someone told you you're not meant to be alive, you would. That would blow your world apart. Yeah. yeah. And then... I do feel know, sympathy for her. I just... Oh, it's so... 
It's so powerful. And then yet again, it shows, it's kind of like in turn left when the doctor like wasn't saved by Donna. So, you know, the doctor died. Um, the effect it has on the world because an asteroid is about to fucking hit the earth and Mr. Smith doesn't exist because Sarah Jane wasn't allowed to build Mr. Smith. So yeah, boom, yeah, bye. Doctor's, yeah, the doctor's not there, yeah. Yeah, sometimes the doctor not being there is very confusing. Well, not in this episode, sorry. This is just a side note, but like... Yeah, sometimes it's like, yeah, how, how is the doctor not there? How is the doctor not there? But anyway, it was like Torchwood as well, but you know. And then the end of the episode is so beautiful, like when Sarah Jane is like, you know, I'll never forget you, I've never forgotten you, and... In a way, Andrea had her life though, because in this alternate reality, she had a life and she got to live her life. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say your favorite bit near the end is when Alan uses his skateboarding skills. Oh, to don't catch up with the catch up with the grass. No, I'm sorry, Alan Jackson. I'm free on Thursday when I'm free. Okay, jeez. Yeah. Um, don't don't mind him riding a skateboard over to me. So fit. Um, so another. It's not. It's not facts. It's not facts, fans. But it's a. It's an observation. Um, for any of my red dwarf girlies, and there should hopefully be lots of you because it's really good. I recommend it. Uh, it reminds me a lot of. There's an episode from Series Five of Red Dwarf called The Inquisitor, and the basic plot is that there's a guy who goes around the universe with uh, a glove, gauntlet, whatever you want to call it. Basically, he approaches people who he deems not worthy to have lived a useful life. So like if you've done nothing with your life or you know, you're not where you want to be, he's judged you in execution and what he does is he erases you and all your memories from time and then in your place puts one of the several thousand million, how many it is, sperm that didn't make it to fertilize and like then puts that product into the world. Oh my uh, god. And gives That's... them the chance to improve on the life that you've lived. That's really interesting. It's a really good episode. It's really funny, but also like quite, you know, like like all good Red Dwarf, especially sort of series four, five, and six. It's funny, but also has really good high concept sci-fi. Um, but yeah, but yeah, just replaces people out of time and replaces them with someone else who could have been to see if they can live a better life. And it was sort of giving me that kind of vibe, you know, because like Andrea gets to live a life that she shouldn't have been able to live. She gets given a second choice. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, though, just to end on this the scene at the end when it goes back to being in that time well I like that when Maria goes back and gets to talk to Sarah Jane and all of that that was really cool because obviously Maria is the reason why everything is fixed in the end and I, I did like her in this episode this is what I was referring to earlier but um, when we see Andrea's death scene again and you can see that she's at peace and she's like you know uh, remember me and then she's like let's go it's so oh it sends chills up my spine it's really sad <laughs> Good stuff. What would you give out of five? Uh, four. Four, I can't go any higher. Just a couple things that stop it from being great, but I like it. It's four. For me, this is four marks. I This is one of my favourite episodes of Sarah Jane to ever exist. Like Sarah Jane Adventure, sorry. Um, it's so powerful and so emotional. And the trickster, again, any story with the trickster is automatically like up there for me. Because he's great. But also, he makes me sick. <laughs> Those teeth. Yeah. He needs lip balm. Ugly. Do you know what I mean? Like, the trickster needs some lip balm. Right, finale, last episode. Yes, that was quick. Because Sarah Jane Adventures doesn't fuck around. It gets straight to the point. The Lost Boy. And oh boy. 
Oh boy, oh boy. Oh boy. As, uh, even though I keep typing at the Lost Boys, even though it's not that, um, it's not that movie. Broad, broadly good. <laughs> um, okay. I think, yeah, like it's a really. It, this one is really difficult. I think it's probably the one I have the most complex feelings about because I think really? it's really. I think part one. I think it's really, really amazing. It is. I think part two is slightly uneven and a bit kind of boring. It does have a bit of a lacklustre finish. I feel. I think part of that is, and I don't like the moment caught me off guard. Yes, it's very good, but I think part of that is making it too much about Mr. Smith. Because I think they wanted the threat to be close to home, but I'm more interested in what the Slovene are doing, personally. It Um, was, yes. I I think you're so right. Part one is what makes this shine, because it's like, you think Luke is, you know, because it's very feasible, what they're talking about. Like, this could be, you know, the Bane could have stole a child Mm. and said they'd grown him, you know. As soon as he gets in that house, straight away, I was like, mm-mm. mm-mm. Exactly. These, these people aren't right. Although, I genuinely, I, maybe I'm stupid, I don't know. I was caught off guard. I didn't know there was Slitheen. I was like, there's Slitheen in slimline suits? That's amazing. I think even if they were bigger people, I, I don't necessarily think that. I, my mind doesn't work in a way where I'd be going, are they Slitheen? No, I'm, no, I same, same, same. Like no. But, like, I still, it means I was double caught off by... Yeah, the thing because they're not they're not farting, they're not like crass. Yeah, they just uh, sort of regular people who then ask the thing. It is so mad though how immediately because obviously again like I said it, it could be very plausible in this scenario and even Maria and Clyde are questioning Sarah Jane and they're like oh God what's happening and then obviously Maria's mum is like oh she's a she's a weirdo who stole a child and it's like oh God. And the thing is, with the Mr. Smith thing, if they had, I think I agree with you, if they had reined back on that just a tad and they'd focus more on the Slitheen, it would be really, really good. And because th- the finale is very anticlimactic, it just suddenly they like have to come together and sort something out. And then it's like, and then what happens? It's like, okay. And then they go away. That's not Slitheen, I feel like. They would help to save the earth only because they want to sell it, only because they want to destroy it, you know, themselves. Yeah, some of it, like, like I think uh, the, boy, the boy genius, Nathan, being a Slitheen, is quite fun. Him being the same Slovene. And it helps make sense why the character was such a prick. But then it's like their voices changed. His voice is completely different. And it's because of the collar, right? Yeah, I assume. I assume so. I like that Sarah hates him. Yeah, like straight up. Just straight up. Yeah. But yeah, when they take Luke to the house, you're so right. The atmosphere changes. Like literally they walk in. You're like, okay, cool. He goes to the bedroom. Then the door locks and you're like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. It's really creepy, isn't it? It's really creepy. Yeah, it is because... Yeah, you're watching like someone get kidnapped in real time. <laughs> like, and then oh. no, but like the dad, whoever plays the 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 fake dad, really creeped me out because you know when he comes in and he's being super creepy in the bedroom and he like sniffs his tie, and he's like, you know, he's just being really weird and it's like, oh, what are you doing? And, like I don't like erratic movement. I don't like creepy behavior. It just oh, it made me really uncomfortable. And it did. It had the desired effect. It definitely had the desired effect. Um. Oh my god! But I, as soon as I saw him, I was like, "I don't trust this guy because it's false from Peep Show." Um, <laughs> but didn't you uh, feel just, creeped out though? Yeah, again, he's like he's creepy in this, and also like you know, I'm not trivialising it, but he's creepy in Peep Show. It's <laughs> yeah, just yeah. he's just it is a the complete horrible person in that show, and he's horrible in this as well. 
but it's good. I like the actor, but I don't think I'll ever actually be able to take like. I think he's in a few things as a protagonist, but I'd never be able to take him seriously because I think of him as a dickhead and then also an evil Sothene. I do like the fact that Mr. Smith turns evil, though, because he is the backbone also of the whole show. You know, Mr. Smith helps out so much. He's like, he's he's the TARDIS, but not the TARDIS of Sarah Jane, if that makes sense. Yeah, the the reveal, I was like, oh my God, no way. Like he, he's a Zylock, what? Oh, but also, yeah, it just didn't really do anything with it. It's such a good plot twist, because you're like, yeah, you're right, I did, I did fake it. I faked the photo, Clyde, and it's like, huh? What do you mean? It's just a mono- monotone computer voice. Whoever voices Mr. Smith, like, fuck. So good. It's Alexander Armstrong, come on. Oh, Alexander Armstrong! No! Yeah, yes! Yes! Okay, I'm with my you. My friend Richard. <sighs> Which, oh I mean, my I God. like that they, 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 both has, they both have ties to Doctor Who, because Alexander yeah. Armstrong is Mr. Smith, and Richard Osman is married to um, Osgood. I can't remember the actor's name who plays Osgood, but that's who Richard Osman is married to. Only very recent. The fucking connections, dude. I it, it so is him. How did I not even? How did I not even? I don't like. It's one I'm of in shock. Where I'm, just, I'm actually in shock. I, I can't lie. Keep that in my head for no reason. I think it's just because when I first found out, I was just like, "Why is Alexander Armstrong doing this?" And now it just like lives in my head rent free that Alexander Armstrong's Mr. Smith. No, but now you said it, you can't unthink it because it is so his voice, right? Oh yeah, yeah, you can't unhear it at all. Oh my god. Okay, well thank you for again. Thank you for that. Um You're welcome, fact fans. Yeah, factoid factoid corner. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, the Zylock thing is cool. But yeah, I think the the ending just didn't deliver quite where I wanted it to. Also, having um the two Slovene with a blue and pink collar made me sick, so it's it's very not a bang but a whimper. Yes. One last question for you before we go into our ranking. Sarah Jane's house, how iconic is it? It's so iconic, right? And her car. Oh, I love it. I, I, the fact that I had only ever seen it in three episodes, maybe, if that. Yeah. Um, Because of you know, Star of Earth, Journey's End, and then End of Time. But it's still iconic to me. I love. Like, when I think of that car, I think about her. I think about that amazing, it's like hanging on the tablet phone from series four which is a driving and then get stopped by the daleks like i just I, it's it's amazing i love so much it's so funny because um, to this day since i was a teenager well y- young kid no i wasn't even a teenager when sarah jane came out. i was a young kid since i was a kid and to this day when i see that that i don't know what the make of her car is but every time i see her I go it's sarah jane's car it's sarah jane's car every yeah. time it means i like it more than i should yeah same yeah i think it's a testament actually though to how strong the characterization the writing is from yes. this series because I feel such great affinity for like Luke and Sarah Jane's characters and Mr. Smith and the car and the house just through watching their appearances in Doctor Who. Yeah. I know I like Gwen and I know I like Yanto because of their appearances in the main show. Yeah. I think it's really cool that they it's are so well cool. defined in the brief appearances that they have that I like them before I'd even seen their spin-offs. Exactly. And that's that's just a testament to the writing and everything and yeah, you're so right. So out of five, what, what are you giving the Lost Boy then? Uh, a three. A three, okay. I gave it a four. First half, amazing. Love. Second half, just uneven plodding, kind of middling. Yeah. Um, but there's some fun stuff. I like the dirt bike chase. I, I gave it a four mainly because it really took me by surprise when I first watched it, but also, again, re-watching it. But 
it would have been a five for me if the ending was better. Like, if it wrapped up better. Yeah, that's fair enough. Alrighty, so we're going to get to our classic, classic moment at the end of most of our episodes where we talk about... No, no Doctor Who moment today because there's no Doctor in Sarah Jane Adventures Series 1. Um, But we've got our standout moment, our moment that didn't work, and our favourite quote. And yes, this is from the whole show because if we did each episode, we'd be here for three years. Yeah, no, thank you. So what's your standout moment from the whole show or moments? Um, I think if I could narrow it down to one, which I can, I think that even though I mix on the episode, I do think the resolution with B at the end of Ivor Gorgon Part 2 surprised me in, a, in an emotional way that I wasn't expecting. It had a really nice wrap-up to that episode. Um, it was just a lot more tender than anything I was expecting from something like Sarah Jane Adventures. I think that's uh, a really good choice, yeah. Got a little, got a little tear in the eye. For me, I have two, but I'm actually gonna just say one. I think just to narrow it down because you were able to do it, so I'm gonna do it. So I'm gonna put my big girl pants on and just do it. Um, I've also only got one quote as well. Can you imagine? Oh yeah, me too. For once. Yeah, yeah me too. Andrea and Sarah Jane at the pier, like Andrea's death, very, very emotional, and it's stuck with me to this day. It's just yeah, wow, wow, wow. What didn't work for you in Sarah Jane Adventures? What was your weakest moment? What weakest thing? God, um, I think, I think honestly, it's hard to pick because I think the worst that Sarah Jane Adventures gets is boring. Yeah, rather than it's not bad. Outright bad. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would say, and this is going to sound more scathing than it is. I'd probably say Warriors of Kudlak Part Two. Just the, <laughs> just that episode. Just yeah. The, just that experience, because I can't really think of anything specific that I'm like, oh boy, that's terrible. It just sort of, you know. I think if I if I had to be like maybe something more nitpicky other than just a whole episode, it is like the moments where it tries to be cool, down with the kids. Everyone's yeah. skateboarding, playing Laser Quest. We've got short ties on. They keep they keep saying things like bruv and homie and things, you know, like just just a real a real time capsule in a way that Doctor Who isn't so much because they're not kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. It also kind of adds to the charm. Yeah, I think it does. What about you? Um, this is really harsh, but I think Maria personally. Yeah, how do you solve a problem like Maria? Hey, yeah. So yeah, no, I know that's really controversial. Really controversial because a lot of people do like Maria, but it is. I like Maria. I think it is partially because I know what's to come, and I know that it's going to get really good. But Maria just wasn't a standout character for me. Except in whatever happened to Sarah Jane, that was she was good in that. If she was like that in every episode, then great. But she's not, so yeah. Sorry, sorry. So um, huh, this is an interesting one. Elliot, <laughs> uh, what's your favourite quote of the whole of series one? And I have a feeling I might know what it is. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. Okay. In that case, I want you. I want you to say. I want you to say yours and or say what you think it's going to be because I don't think that anyone in a million years could guess what this is going to be oh, okay well then it's not right then because like, th- there's one and you know what I'm talking about no I don't think I don't think I do I want to know I want to know what you think it what you think I think it's going to be okay well shall I say mine first then what I what my yeah say yours first is. and then tell me what you think mine would be mine is and then if it is that I'll just erase it mine is unoriginal <laughs> as fuck uh and I don't care because when she said it I actually out loud went ha like actually, so funny when uh, Miss Wormwood at the start is it Miss Wormwood. Yes, Samantha Bond, not Celia Emery. Yeah, when when Samantha Bond says, 
in Invasion of the Bane, I'm looking into her mind and I can see something called the Holy Oak. Oh, hang on. Holly Oaks. Amazing. Amazing, inspired bit of writing. It's so good. What did, what did I tell you? <laughs> it's so good. Daniel sent me something. I think it might have just been that quote. Just, it was that quote on Twitter, yeah. Screenshotted it on Twitter and then I replied saying, neither of us can now have this as our quote. But and I thought Elliot's fuck fair, off. You, you, you did say you were gonna, yeah, you were gonna do it anyway. But yeah, it's just, it's just, I actually screamed when I heard that. It was so funny. I forgot about that joke. It is very funny. What about you? What do you, what do you think? What do you think it's gonna be? I'm really interested. I want to know. I mean, my, my, I'm gonna say what my runner-up was, and it was the quote that she has at the end of the of episode one, Invasion of the Bane, when she has that little chat with Maria in the garden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that what you thought I was gonna say? Yeah. It's very nice because you know I love my Harry and Alistair and everything, but mine actually is from Auras of Kudlak episode one. Yeah, and I avoided talking about it because this needs its own segment. The woman who works behind the desk at Combat Three Thousand, yes, is my life. Yeah, and she says in the best, most monotone voice ever. Welcome to the new gaming experience that is Combat 3000. Zap those drones. I was on the floor <laughs> laughing. And then it was good. What, makes it even, what makes it even better is then that she's talking about how much she hates the job and she says, my sister has offered me part-time in the tanning salon. And I'm thinking, well, you only live once. And then when Sarah and Maria leave, people come up to the counter and her face drops again and you hear her go, Welcome to the unique gaming experience, and it cuts off. Honestly, I was crying. It is my favourite thing. She is my favourite character from the Sarah Jane Adventures. She is Maybe good. the whole Doctor Who universe. I am in love. No, she is good. <laughs> I will give you that. She is good. So yeah, for everyone thinking it's going to be something profound, no, in fact, my favourite quote from the entire Sarah Jane Adventures is, Welcome to the unique gaming experience that is Combat 3000. Zap those drones. <laughs> But if you don't do it with the voice, it's not as good. And she knows something dodgy's going on with the kids, and she's like, I don't care. I just don't care. Yeah. She just don't give a fuck. Yeah. She don't give a shit, like, mate. Do you know what I mean? Mr. Kublai like... never comes out of his office. It rains all the time since he's arrived. Oh, well, shoot those drones. <laughs> yeah. Holy moly. Um, That was good. That was good. So, ranking then. Ranking. We're going to quickly do a little tip tat, you know. We're going to rank. All six episodes, starting with you. What's your number six? Number six, Warriors of Kudlak. Same, Warriors of Kudlak, number six, yes. Are we going to do this again? Are we going to do this again like we did in the last episode? Actually, I think, based on our channel, I think it's going to fluctuate wildly, I think. Okay, go on then. Number five. Eye of the Gorgon. Ooh. Oh. Invasion of the Bane. Oh. Number four. The Lost Boy. Oh. Revenge of the Slitheen for me. Number three. The Lost Boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eye of the Gorgon. Ah. Mm. Number two. Here we go. What ever happened to Sarah Jane? Oh, okay. Mm. Invasion of the Bane for me. Mm. Controversial. And number one. Number one. Revenge of the Slitheen. Whatever happened to Sarah Jane? Definitely. Okay, so we differed quite a bit. Just the last one that we agreed on. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, I think, yeah, we only agreed on last place. Yeah. Interesting. So, 
that for everyone listening at home. For me, that's number six, Warriors of Kudlak. Number five, Invasion of the Bane. Number four, The Lost Boy. Number three, Ive Gorgon. Number two, Whatever Happened Sarah Jane. Number one, Revenge of the Slakeen. It's the Slakeen! Uh, <laughs> and then for me, for me, was number six, Warriors of the Kudlak. Sorry, Warriors of Kudlak. Uh, number five, Eye of the Gorgon. Number four, Revenge of the Slatheen. Number three, The Lost Boy. Number two, Invasion of the Bane. Number one, Whatever Happened to Sarah Jane. You know it. Excellent stuff. So yeah, that's Sarah Jane. Oh my god. Oh my god. We've done it. That I, was that was Sarah Jane. That was Sarah Jane Smith. Everybody. Um, Hello, Sarah. It was a ride from start to finish, and you know what? I can't wait to get into series two because from here on out, it just gets so good. It gets so much better. It's already good. It gets so much better now. Um, yeah, there's a Sontaran story. Can't wait to see that. Can't wait for you to see it. There's just so many good things coming up. But yeah. Love it. Well, that brings the curtains down on another wonderful episode of the Come Along Pond podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. We sure did. If you want to support the show, you can on Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash Come Along Pond podcast. There is one tier available. It is £3. It is the companion tier. For that, you give us a little bit of money and we give you a shout out on the show. Much like Lewis, like Forever, like Bulldozer, 7113, Jason, Becca Johnson Smith, Abby Potts, and David Cummings. They're all there. However, of course, times are hard. Strapped for cash? I know I am. You can. <laughs> Get in touch with us via the email, comealongponpod at gmail.com if you want to be cool and get your email read out on the show, just like Corey, just like Louie, just like Ace. We would love you forever. Email's not your thing because it's not 2005. Of course, we're on TikTok, Come Along Pond Podcast. Over there we post little fun vignettes, bits from different series, silly, goofy little clips, get into arguments in the comments. It's all great fun. No, I'm kidding. It's a bastion of positivity. If you ever get sad because there's no new episode coming out for a whole week, then you can go over there and relive our highlights and our lowlights. However, we're also on Twitter. We don't really stay active over there because it's a cesspit of nightmares, but <laughs> we do update you once a week when the episode comes out and we also, you know, will respond to DMs. Anything you want to tag us in, you know, we will be active. If you try and engage with us, that is coming on Pond DW. Someone stole our bloody name. However... <laughs> Instagram, Instagrams are more active. Polls, stories, posts, bit of PSP, we're all there. Come along, Pond Podcast. You can't miss us. Same artwork everywhere. Shoot us a DM. Like our stuff. Watch the TikToks as reels if you don't want to download TikTok. It's a great time, and you're going to have fun. If you don't want to do any of those, then at least rate us, please. Spotify, five stars. iTunes, five stars. Not that anyone calls it iTunes anymore, but hey. I'm old. But yes, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Damron, it's been lovely, lovely chatting to you. And to you. And uh, next week, we, uh, we're we in Series 3, baby. That's right. Runaway Bride. We're there. We're queer. Get used to it. Yeah. It's the Runaway what? Bride. Bride. <laughs> Bride. Bride. Bride? Bride. Bride. They think I'm drunk. Great stuff. Can't wait. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be so much fun. Thank you for putting up, obviously, with you know a week's gap and then two weeks worth of episodes that aren't series three. But you know we've got so much to do, so I think you're gonna really enjoy. You're gonna really enjoy seriously. I'm gonna I'm excited to talk about. Series I'm so three. excited. Awesome. It's gonna be our most controversial series yet. I think so. Incidentally, it has been lovely chatting to all of you at home, and well, we've air from our lungs. <sighs> Bye, guys. Bye, you lot. See you later. See you round. Bye for now. Bye. Ta-ta. Bye.
Bye now. Bye. 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 Welcome to the unique podcasting experience that is the Cumberland <laughs> Pond Podcast. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.